0: In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips.
1: How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash?
0: We all get dogs of a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It
1: really doesn't have to be this way
0: you absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The
1: key is you need to be more sexy.
0: More sexy than the neighbourhood cats.
1: More sexy than the jogger in the park.
0: More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor.
1: And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together, we're we're absolute absolute dogs. dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast.
0: welcome to the sexier than a squirrel podcast the podcast that teaches you how to be the very best dog owner your dog could ever wish for
1: now today we are talking introducing dogs and Mm -hmm. we know i mean we have hundreds probably thousands of owners reaching out to us asking this all Mm -hmm. the time right Tom? and they want to know how do they go about introducing two dogs whether they're new to each other whether it's a puppy coming into the household whether you've rescued or rehomed a dog or maybe you just want to walk with a friend and you actually want to get out and about and you don't know how to introduce your potentially NBN dog or actually just your dog. What's appropriate? How's it appropriate? When's it appropriate? How much is appropriate? We want answers. So it's introducing your dog Day.
0: So uh, we've got some tips for you, and the first tip that is absolutely vital is thinking about the environment in which you're going to introduce your dog. So the you know the the worst kind of scenario. Actually, I had a, a message about the worst kind of scenario, and it, it definitely kind of had the worst outcome um, possible um, over Christmas. In that you know, it's Christmas is a time where families come together, and um, with that, family dogs can sometimes come together. And the worst possible setup that that could have happened was there was a dog in the household and um, another dog ran into the room where the dog was. Both dogs off lead. It was very, very high arousal. It took the dog in the house by surprise and a bit of a scuffle ensued. So, you know, now that we understand, I guess, the the polar opposite of what we should do, we can kind of start to think about what would be appropriate. And
1: it's about stepping back from that, isn't it? Those mistakes happen. Accidents do happen. Not being too hard on yourself. Not being too too upset with yourself or the Mm. scenario they do happen it's not ideal it's not perfect but hey this is real life real people real dog training and so we take a step back from that and what we do is we actually unravel that and we unpeel that and we go back and we think actually how might a good introduction look
0: And so what might be an appropriate location, first of all? Well, probably a location that's reasonably calm, reasonably neutral in the sense that no dog has a particularly kind of established picture of how that space should look. So, for example, it would be your dog in your living room they're used to seeing that living room without another dog in there possibly or without that specific dog in there. And so that's probably not going to be a, a, a room that we're going to want to um, think about. Equally, we're going to want to think about space. So maybe we might think about the garden or if you've got a nice low arousal, calm place, that outside space other than your garden, like going for a, a walk, if that's appropriate for your dog, then that might be a really nice space to actually think about starting to, um, to have both dogs in that area.
1: And I think the big thing is, is also think about how you are um, behaving and how you're feeling because I think a lot of people get quite angsty. Um, I know that um, I get to work with a lot of naughty but nice owners and they really do get upset about this whole interaction. Their chest goes sort of like up and sort of tense and their shoulders are gone and everything's kind of like they they stop breathing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think we need to think about ourselves as well. So actually just grounding ourselves a little because this is normal dog stuff. Dogs know how to speak dog uh, on the whole Mm -hmm. uh, and actually probably left uh, to themselves on the whole they would probably yeah. um, have a have an easier time of it someday so I think sometimes when we get in the picture and get a bit worried and a bit anxious and kind of put ourselves and our fear and our emotions into that picture so I, I think ground yourself I yeah. think would be my advice here ground yourself and if you really can't be grounded then then think about someone else who might be able to to help you with that as in um, have a, a friend or a family member or um, someone who is a little bit more grounded because I think that it is important that you give off your best energy when you're working uh, With introducing dogs.
0: Third tip is going to be actually, before we even think about any of that, assessing is your dog ready for that? Is that appropriate for them? Do they have the skills to, yeah, dogs know how to speak to other dogs, but do they have the skills to implement that conversation? Are they calm enough? Are they optimistic enough? Are they confident enough? And if not, then it might be, I don't know, you want to go for a friend, um, you want to go for a walk with your with your friend who's got a dog? Well, maybe you go without your dog and that's totally fine if your dog's skills are not there yet. And I
1: remember speaking to a wonderful um, client, um, Tom, you'll, you'll know- Know very well. I know very well um, of ours, and it, her name's Linda, mm-hmm. and she wanted to go for a walk with her friend, and she had this picture of how this walk was going to look. And I said straight away, Linda, that's not the real picture. What we've got to do is we've got to take him on lead. So mm-hmm. actually, he's going to be fine. He's not going to be lunging, barking, or reactive. He's not that kind of dog. That's not his sort of bag. But what he is going to need is he's going to need a lead to support him. And personally, in this scenario, I would be double leading him, so he might have a harness or a head collar or whatever yep. appropriate um, sort of uh, harness sort of suit setup suits you. Uh, but he'd be on a double lead. And the reason he'd be on a double lead is to give a little bit more support when he gets that little bit Mm. excited. Um, And so for me, it would be interesting to consider how we might do that, whether if it does need to be in the house, whether we've got a gated community set up, Mm. or if it does need to be outside, have we got the appropriate space to walk? Like, let's not walk on a narrow bridle path. Let's walk in a big open space. So have we kind of considered uh, exactly the setup?
0: Yeah. And then we've got to think about, okay, what do we do when it comes to actually having these dogs in the same space? And we've got some, some tools. And the first tool is actually distance that's appropriate. So, you know, it might be that an appropriate distance is both dogs on lead. And, you know, maybe you're going for a walk and maybe you're five meters away from each other. And that's totally fine. Equally, um, we've got to think about where we position your dog. And I've got a story, um, of this and, um, it was only happened a couple of days ago. I was riding, um, a horse out, a young... Four and a half year old, um,
1: horse. Oh, go on, tell them, Tom. It's your horse. It's my horse. It's your horse, um, and, Tom's newly And His name horse. is Mason and yeah, he's very cute. Tom's and, a horse.
0: <laughs> and he's very big. Um, and so, um, I was riding Mason out. He's very young, you know, he's, he, we're building his optimism about the world. And, um, and I see a dog and, uh, and an owner in the distance. Um, and we're on kind of a, uh, it's probably a single track road, right? You can fit one car and, you know, that's totally fine. Doesn't phase us at all. Um, and yet, that owner was walking her dog between her and Mason. And I was on Mason. And so, you know, already I'm thinking, I'm I'm sure... I'm sure she's going to have the idea of putting that dog on the other side of her. She was getting closer. I'm like, I'm sure any second and now. And I'm
1: always shocked <laughs> at how it's actually not even. Yeah. It, they've not even thought about it. And
0: so I, you know, being the, the dog trainer the, that you are, dog trainer that I am, I said, you know, do you mind popping him on the other side of you, Mason? Will be absolutely fine, and I'm sure your dog will. But you know what? Let's help them out as much as as much as we can in this situation. And she was like, oh yeah, sure, no problem. Pop her dog on the other side. And so I think it's things like that. We 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 often forget the tools that we have. Little, of-
1: tiny, subtle things that make huge differences and can actually make your day as in that went really mm-hmm. well and that interaction was like passing and super smooth or actually break your day yeah. because when that dog does cut across you um, or lunge from your side yeah. uh, because you haven't necessarily proactively set up thinking let's give ourselves as much space or a physical barrier i.e. the person yeah. and put them in the way actually that really breaks your day and yeah. that will really upset your day possibly a few days and you'll have a bit of a bucket filling event for yourself just from a simple, thoughtful, uh, similar here, Tom, coming in the doorway. So allowing the dog to charge in the doorway into the training arena Mm -hmm. um, where where we train versus actually popping the dog behind you or even just coming in to check out the arena Mm -hmm. before you ever get your dog out.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And so that, you know, those tools of actually using us as a bit of like a a visual barrier and distance are going to be really useful. The other tool that we've got to think about is actually how we employ our dogs. So sometimes our dogs make bad choices when the best choice is not immediately obvious to them. But the cool thing is, is we can actually help them out and be like, this is the choice we want. So maybe you're, you're playing a game with your dog. You're occupying them in something. Maybe it's quite simply occupying them in eating something like that's totally fine. And, And that makes that whole kind of best choice obvious to them and it then rules out all the choices we don't want
1: and I think consider so only the other day um, one of mine was eating something and mm. she was in a crate mm. uh, so a gated community space uh, and a friend who had her dog there wanted her to come and see the front of the crate and I said no let's just give yeah. that a little bit of space if you stay in that side of the room she's over here I know that she doesn't love sharing her food yeah. so actually I don't either mm. um, and so although I'm better than, than that I would say <laughs> and I would say you're pretty good at sharing and <laughs> um, so, so the thing is, you've got to know actually that you're you're backing them into a corner and you've not given them any options. Yeah. So I do think consider how that gated community might be working for you or how just little simple things like mm. delivery of that long lasting chew fantastic let another dog up to the space not fantastic. Mm. It it really is little subtleties that yeah. make your day or break your day.
0: Now then we've got to think about okay you know maybe you're at the stage where your dog skills your skills the other dog skills the other owner skills are such that we can think about them being off- Lead, And it's how do we transition to them being off lead? And contrary to what um, you might think, um, we will often actually let the dog that is least skilled off lead first when it comes to that interaction. And
1: I think, let's be honest, guys, some of these dogs probably shouldn't be off lead yet anyway. Exactly. And I think this is also something to acknowledge. So um sometimes we're in a rush and in a hurry to get dogs off lead. Mm-hmm. Whereas actually, if they're not able to be off lead alone, potentially they shouldn't be off lead together either. Exactly. Um, in fact, it's always going to add another dimension when you've got multi-dogs yeah. and off lead.
0: And so sometimes, you know, what we often see, and we see this, you know, we're, we're, we'll be walking our dogs and we'll see owners having this struggle where, you know, the 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 typical thing to think is, oh, you know what, I'm going to let the, I'm going to keep the 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 least skilled dog um, on lead and let them off later, you know, it, it, once I've let the other dog off. And what happens is you let the, the dog who's more skilled off the lead. The dog who's less skilled sees the movement of the other dog wants to go and interact with them, gets Starts very frustrated that whining. they can't interact with them, and at some point the owner goes, "Oh, you know, what? I'm just going to let them off." And that, that then that less skilled dog charges up to the other dog, um, and it, that interaction just doesn't go well. And
1: it was an interesting one this morning. Matt and I were having this conversation, and uh, he said, "Oh, it'd be really good for Eliza maybe if she was training the puppy." And I mm-hmm. said, "You know what, Matt? I think that as much as the puppy looks easy, it's because we manage her mm-hmm. to be easy. So I think if you let her go in a lot of the situations that other dogs go in." She would be difficult too exactly exactly that one uh, if you were to allow um i don't know eliza to have free reign to take her uh, to the training arena and there was another dog ahead of her she'd yeah. be screaming too she looks like a really well-behaved puppy in interactions yeah. but that's because we've set up good interactions yeah. so she's not allowed to be put into that position of frustration or um just cannot handle the arousal and i think it's important mm-hmm. we acknowledge that these are all things we get to control yeah. and set up. And yeah. actually, if you're not sure they're going to go well, don't put them in them exactly. for a minute, right? And
0: so, you know, if we think about what the perfect off-lead transition is between two dogs, it's that it's a non-event. We'd let the less skilled dog off first but that still has the skills to be off in the first place we then employ them in something or wait for them to be employed maybe they start sniffing the ground and they're having a little sniff around or
1: potentially we've scattered a little handful of food yeah. and we think that's appropriate with the combination we've got and then we've carried on mooching on calmly and then we've gently let the other dog yeah. off when with another not... mini scatter
0: and there's that the, those two dogs are disengaged from each other before we now, let them off
1: let's be honest we haven't always done it this way no and Tom and I definitely when When we first met, Bette and Brave they had amazing charge times yeah. because we would let them off and they would zoom around. Yeah. And it's because Tom and I kind of enjoyed that. And we also thought that that it was a cool, it, it, it was cool fun. Yeah. Equally though, it very quickly led to a lot of arousal, right? Yeah. And we're not saying we're introducing new dogs here. We're saying about the interaction of new dogs, yeah. uh, of dogs. Um, but what I am saying, I suppose, is that's very quickly what they learned. Now, for yeah. Tom and I, we could handle that. And also, to be honest, they they have a, a lovely relationship, yeah. those dogs. Those They're, dogs have no,
0: got a very robust there's no hang Right, there's no
1: hang ups. (laughs) However, when we consider it for a new dog, these Mm. are the things that we would never necessarily, well, we would never do it on a new interaction and animals because it just doesn't work, right? They're
0: so efficient and they're brilliant for that, but sometimes it can, you know, be not be in our favour. Like um, The first time I took Mason up onto the moor, I knew where he'd previously been allowed to canter and gallop off because he'd be jogging on the spot. He's like, this is what we do here, this is what we do here. Because animals are efficient. His brain's gone, I need to prepare for this very exciting Flight. thing, Let's so go. I'm going to be very excited. And
1: off he went. And, and <laughs> So no,
0: we no exactly no, no. We did not um, and so um, you know we've got to think about actually you know. Preempting this, and if you're working with a young dog that hasn't learned any of this, even yet, better, even, even better. better because so, you mix it up.
1: For example, Tokyo has no idea of what racing is, and so I've been on the beach with him a couple of times recently, and I've told him to go race Everest or race. And he's like, "Race? Yeah." What is a race? Because he doesn't know that high interaction sort of arousal uh space with another Border Collie. He mm. just hasn't learned it because I didn't ever let yeah. it be learned. Now and again, I kind of think, "Oh, it'd be nice to show him a race." But mm-hmm. you know what? What I'm saying by this, I suppose, guys, is he doesn't know that. Let him off lead. Explode just not something he's aware of and I think that this is something we're going to say to you with new interaction it's way better to keep them in a calmer lower arousal space if you want to sort of amp it up ramp it up you can but actually you've at least got the um, sort of dimmer and the switch there to do it versus let's be honest with with brave and bet probably they come out that way right and that's what we we get and that's not problematic to us in terms of interaction however in terms of arousal for everyone else it's always going to kick it up so what we're saying to you all I suppose guys is you get to control this you yeah. get to design this you get to make this
0: absolutely and you know if you're thinking but my dog it, but the two dogs that i want to introduce aren't yet uh, i haven't yet got the skills to have for one of them to be off and the other one to be on and they'd find that way too frustrating that is a clue that they don't have the skills for that situation yet full stop that's you know that's a good little like temperature check if they can't do that, then they probably don't have the skills to have a consistently good interaction and in an exciting space. That is
1: okay. Yeah, it's, it's totally okay. It's absolutely fine. Tom and I will sometimes walk our dogs on lead together. Absolutely. Especially the younger dogs. And yeah. especially uh, when we feel a bit like Tom probably has walked Mason across the moor and yeah. not cantered or galloped yeah. because that's probably better uh, manners and, and life skills training. Well, I, well,
0: I'll be honest, I'm not you quite did, still gallop, did you still gallop,
1: did Oh, oh, Tom. But, but I, I didn't let do it at the, the spots su- that he thought he was going to do it. <laughs> he's excited (laughs) arousal up new horse Uh, anyway guys that is interacting with uh, your dog and introducing a new dog and actually how we do it biggest thing guys is also no they don't even have to meet so Mm. interaction might be one dog in one room and one dog in another room and actually the life carries on but they don't go into each other's space right now
0: and they're on separate schedules but they're in the same space that you know that's so valuable and you're
1: doing well and you're winning if that's where you are right now
0: so with that guys those were our tips for introducing two three four six dogs and uh, and so we will see you next week and remember stay sexy hey before you go have you taken part in the worldwide sexier than a squirrel challenge it's
1: a 25 day online video program huge energy amazing community and over six thousand people are already taking part
0: the only question is you know where you are today where do you want to be 25 days from now head to absolute dogs forward slash sexy